Secret Jedward lovers. I'm Ben Gilman, and welcome back to Scry's Syndrome podcast, where we talk about TV every week. I hope you're well. Uh, I'm joined, we've managed to get the women back from the kitchen, or wherever they were last week. We have, Troy's gone to go and eat the food that they prepared. I'm joined as always by Helen Keynes. Hiya, I'm not a Secret Jedward fan. I am an open Jedward fan. I love them. I love my boys. Burns at the stake. And a woman that could or she she says she's a witch, so she would get burnt at the stake. It's Batman's oh. secret lover and hey. Asian men's nipples and muscles. It's Tara Chloe. Hello, it's I. How are you guys doing? I'm good. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm good. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, but- last week the wrestling podcast was on YouTube for not being here, but that's fine. So you know, you 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 missed a good one. I was just explaining to Ben before we started recording that the reason I wasn't here is that a friend's kid who is now two was allowed to have their first birthday party because he was a lockdown baby. So this was the first birthday party he's ever been allowed to have or party even, first party he's been to. So that took took priority last week, I'm afraid. Sorry, guys. That's absolutely fine. I can just imagine how excited he was seeing all these people at a birthday party and everything. He must have been really excited. Do you know what? The, the, it was really fun because all the kids that came hadn't been to a birthday party before, so they were all like came in with presents and didn't know that the presents had to be handed over. It was very amusing. Like they all came in with these big giant boxes, and they were like, "Now give it to give it to your friend," and they were just like, "What?" No, this is my present. Hang on, this wasn't part of the deal. Something that we might have to teach the new generation of lockdown babies: you meant to give presents at birthday parties. Okay, right. Hmm. There's going to be some very confused children growing up. I've, I've wrapped something up in a box and now I have to open up the box on a certain day to be able to get it. That's going to be very confusing for them. How are you today, Tara? I'm good. Yep. Just had a regular day, I guess. I was just talking of Asian men going. Pretty good. You know, I'm actually going to a Lunar New Year gathering in two days' time at my friend's house. So I'm going to buy those like Japanese scallops, pluck the scallops off the shell collect the shell which actually resembles the mermaid clam bra and I'm gonna make clam bras for all the men in the office for the Japanese Excellent. boys yeah oh, boy I have been saying this since October 2020 but the dude moved to Vietnam so I finally found the clam shells when you say shells I think demolition man in a toilet with Sylvester Stallone no, 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 no. I still haven't figured out how those shells help you wipe your ass. That's really? going to be the ongoing mystery. Demolition Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gross. I mean, there is a picture of Brendan Fraser with the shell covering, the, the clam shell covering his D, I think. Yeah, a picture he took when he was, like, really young in one of those stupid magazines, like. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to be a bit low energy this week because uh, there is, as you may notice for the first time in a while, Troy Salmon is not here. Troy Salmon has gone off to um, do things in his bedroom after we talked about female wrestling last week. Very excitable. I think he's needed a week to recover. So I don't want to speculate what he's doing, but I'm sure 
who's going to get a kick out of hearing this one. He's editing it. So thank you, Troy, as always. Yeah, I, I just heard Troy laughing at that in my head. So yeah. that was fun. Much like he's now become Spider-Man, he's now stuck to his ceiling. So that's really cool, cool upgrade for him, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for him right now. How are you, Ben? I'm fine, actually. I'm okay. I've, I need a haircut. And but I'm okay. I haven't really got much on this week, so um, I have one thing to talk about. We this did. is a week where I thought we were talking about Lost. Um, that will be next week. Finally, promise. It's much like a, it's much like the island. It chops around in time and moves about. So we're trying to snag snag the bastard. Hopefully next week we'll finally get the bastard snagged and we can do the Lost special. We want all four of us for it. Yeah, but, they um, can move the island and we can move the podcast. Yeah, that's the flexibility of this podcast. But at least we've managed to get one out each week. So, you know, that will be, that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're giving them content still. Even if it is about Japanese wrestling for two hours and they weren't expecting that. I like to keep people on their toes. Always good to be unpredictable. That's it. It's always good. Anyway, so who wants to go first this week? Oh, oh, well, minute. What do you think of the news of David Tennant? Oh, I don't believe this because it's from the newspapers because, you know, they love talking bullshit. Uh, David Tennant is pen- potentially the 14th Doctor. Mm-hmm. I don't believe any of this because this is from the Mirror and all the, the, the newspapers. And you not heard I, this? No, I've not heard it, but I don't believe it. No, I don't believe anything that they're saying about who the next Doctor is. It won't be anyone that we think it is. I mean, I, I I believe that he might be back on set for the um some of the the anniversary stuff. He'll be back for the sixtieth. Yeah. But I am sick and tired of hearing about the press and the guests. They do this every time there's a new doctor. It's never the people that they speculate it's going to be. It will be someone that we're not ready for. Every time. Yeah, it's never right. going to be nine times out of ten that you don't know who it's going to be, right? Well, you know on the day because that person's name goes shooting to the top. Um, I remember when Whitaker and Capaldi were announced. On the day of the reveal that we knew that they were going to be revealed, their name went to the top of the bookie's favourite all of a sudden. So that will be when you know who it's going to be. But it won't be anyone from It's a Sin. It won't be anyone. It's too obvious. It might be, but it's very unlikely the people that they've already said. So... I can't remember the name of the actress, but she was in it's I don't know if she's in it's a sin, but she's a she was in um years and years and she's in the haunting of Bly Manor. I heard oh, some rumors about the her. Old, uh, yeah, but apparently there was some like book, some Doctor Who novelization where they were talking about cards and then there was one guy in a fez and then the last one was a black woman with a bald head. Oh that so there was a, a rumor Peter Capaldi's uh, Yes. Yeah, so there was a rumour going round. Yeah, there was a rumour going round that it might be her, but still seems a bit obvious to me, but what do I know? There was a Bob Black Lady Time Lord at the end of Peter Capaldi's uh, season nine in Gallifrey. She regenerated into him. Um, A guy regenerated into a Bob Black Lady Time Lord. Uh could be. But... I welcome whoever it is because she's a good actress. I mean, that, that, that's what I mean. I need We need a good actor, actress. So it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I just Definitely. want someone, at, at least with Russell T. Davis, the scripts will be good. It will be an improvement on where Chibnall is. So I welcome whoever it is. I'm sure we'll get the right actor in. I never thought Whitaker was the right person. I never quite 
thought Chris Chimble was good enough to write. So I am confident in whoever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't. No, I, will, I will not kick off if it's uh, someone that isn't white straight. I think it's great if they just diversify it again because if they go back to a straight white guy, I think that is admitting. It, well, to people, it would seem like you're admitting that it's only white people can do the role, and I think that would be really disrespectful. So, I think it's important to show that, yes, it can work. The only reason this hasn't worked is because it's the wrong person's being put up for the role. So, I want them to stick to it and go, hey, you know what? We're going to go with someone different again, and we're going to yeah. try and make it work, because it will work. And a woman can do it, because Joe Martin, when she's been on there, she's shown that it can be done. You just need to actress. So I want them to try again. With a woman, preferably. Wouldn't it be great if it was Joe Martin again? I would have no complaints. I want them to make it a woman again. I want them to show that a woman can work. Because it just needs the right person. And Mm. Tara's already out with the naked pictures. (laughs) Clamshell underwear. Oh, that's the clamshells. Okay, we were talking about well, we need to put a video podcast up one day so Tara's filthy, filthy mind can be exposed to the world. Yes. Send it to your parents. Yeah, what Tara's doing each week on the internet. Bang. And then we get a phone call from your parents on air. Tara, what are you doing? Hey. Um, But yeah, is there any other news that you guys want to talk about? EastEnders was dropped from America, even for its 13 years out of date. I mean, really... America, you have a lot much better programming than EastEnders, really. I think it's a very small vocal community. I'm most probably angry about I that. Think, I think EastEnders is very, very t- British. I'm not sure if it would travel well to a different country. There's something about that level of unrelenting misery that that we quite enjoy, but the, pos- the kind of standard American positivity doesn't quite fit in. The whole of Europe doesn't like it either. <laughs> We've become like the uh, really annoying people in the background of a party now with our with our way of doing things. Um, no, I just find it funny like that Americans. Well, obviously there is a fan base because it caused a lot of storm when the BBC axed um, EastEnders from BBC America, and mm-hmm. I think I think it's a good thing because we've got so many good British programs that I think you should go check out. Taking EastEnders away, I think it's good for American people. It's showing a bit of respect, actually. You should not be subjected to awful EastEnders. I think if we could give you our good stuff, I think that's much more respectful. Yeah. Come on, America. You don't want to watch EastEnders. British people don't watch EastEnders. It's just the old... Our parents watching it now. And, I mean, I'm not being honest. When they all die out, EastEnders is effed, basically, because no no one past the age of 60 is watching EastEnders now. I watch EastEnders. I'm sorry. I feel like I've let you all down now. Lost I... fan. Uh, okay, lost fan. Things to strike Helen Cain's on. Lost fan, likes extenders. Yeah. yeah. Deary me. Likes Jedward. Likes Jedward. Jesus Christ, you're having a shocker. Do you know what, though? Have you, have you, I'm not like going to go on a big Jedward rant, but have you seen Jedward socials recently? They are very, very um, socially conscious. They're sticking up for the right people. That's cool. They're, they're using their voice to amplify marginalised voices, which I think, you know... Kudos. Like, yeah, kudos to Jedward. Music like, is really shit though, but kudos. Oh, yeah, of kudos. course. I can't I can hate someone's I can hate someone's acting, but I don't 
I never go after the person. Like, for example, Jodie Whittaker, she seems like a nice person in real life. I'm not going out. She seems lovely in interviews and stuff. I'm not going after her as a person. So if Jed were doing great stuff, good on them. We need more people like that in the world to use their influence and their fame to help other people. And a lot of famous people don't do that. So Exactly. And they've put themselves on the firing line a couple of times too to kind of say what needed to be said. And for that, I appreciate them. And also, if you follow them on social media, um, sometimes they'll randomly DM you, which is always always a treat. That's cool. They, um, do they, they still have those ridiculous haircuts? No. No, they don't. But they randomly DM me once and I was so excited. I've never been more excited. Like I was just like literally bouncing off the walls. They were like, Yeah, cool. Because I was I did something on Instagram. I'd done an Instagram story about like the t shirt my partner was wearing and they were like, Yeah, that's a really cool t shirt. Yeah, you stay 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 Jepic. And I was like, I will, I will. I will, Jedward, I'll stay Jepic. I do like them. So, so it still shows them with their really annoying hair. Have you had? I think on their Instagram account, you probably. Oh, now, now they look like um. Oh, what what am I thinking of? Now they look like Justin Bieber's cloned himself. That's interesting. Um, yeah, it's like Justin Bieber from Baby 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 era. But at least they don't. They're trying so hard now. Beforehand, it was just that hair was screaming slappable. But I'm glad that they're. Maybe I was wrong. But their music is still... no, the music, the music shit. Like, let's not. The music, yeah, ear cancer, one. really, basically, isn't it? It's ear cancer. Um, but mind. as people, they seem to be good eggs, so I'm happy with that. Lovely. Uh, his dark materials has finally been confirmed for a late autumn 2022 uh, release. I'm Excellent. excited. Dun, 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 dun. That theme tune is a banger, by the way. I've said it before in this podcast. That theme tune is, oh, it gets sets the mood. I normally skip intros, but I've got it on my Spotify. It was like the most played song last year on my Spotify feed. Because that one minute thirty, you just leave it on a loop for an hour on the train, it makes you feel like Gandalf or Harry Potter. It feels like you can just get through anything. And I've got the Book of Dust stuff, which is like technically book four or five of the. Uh, so, mm-hmm. back to the BBC, if you want to continue it, let her age up a little bit. Diane, uh, whatever her name is, I can't say it. It's something French. Um, but let her age up a bit more, and then you can do older, older mm-hmm. her later. Layla. Layla? 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 Whatever her name is. Layla. Older, I, that, that name. And then you can do later ones, four, five, and six, I think. Somewhere to read list, the Book of Dust, the uh, continuation. I don't know the books that well, unfortunately. I've only watched the TV series. But it's good. I'm really happy. He's got James McAvoy. Give me more James McAvoy next season, please. Seriously, underrated. Um, And obviously, I'm always a fan of Ruth Wilson. There's just something about Ruth Wilson. Oh, she's great, isn't she? She's got a voice that sounds like a... Just, just, just got a voice that is, it sounds, as Troy once put it, sounds dirty. It, everything she says sounds sexual. Yeah, she could read dirty you the shopping dirt. list and it would, yeah, it would be. She's got a filthy voice. She's got a voice of like a S&M whip leader, whatever you call that, the dominatrix. She's got a voice of an S&M dominatrix and yeah, she's a big fan of hers. So, what, who wants to go first? Tara's running away. 
Oh, I'll go first then if Tara's running away. So, yet again, you girls been watching some true crime documentaries, which okay. is always good fun. Um, BBC are really doing well these past few 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 weeks, really, because they had that um, not a documentary, but the dramatization, the four lives about Stephen Port, otherwise known as the Grinder Killer. But this week, I have been watching quite similar, actually, in tone and kind of exposing institutional homophobia and the police and shows that not a lot's changed in the last 30 years was the it's called the the Nielsen files so just basically about Dennis Nielsen about not so much about him and about his crimes but just how the crimes were treated by the media so for those of you who don't know Dennis Nielsen was a serial killer who operated in North London in the 80s and late 70s whose kind of thing was finding young gay men that he'd picked up in gay bars, taking them home, having sex with them, and then killing them, usually by strangulation. And at the time, the police didn't really do everything they could to investigate who his victims were because they only found remains, because we didn't have DNA at that time. So they could only confirm like three people through remains, but the rest of them... Dennis Nielsen said that he'd killed 15 or 16 people, but they could only formally identify four or five. Mm. So there was a lot of people who had family that were probably in London at the time who were missing. And um, it, they suspected that they were the, their family members were victims of Nielsen's, but the police were just like, well, no, nah, don't worry about it. It's fine. I'm sure they'll turn up kind of thing. But it was just, it was a really interesting look at how the media treated the victims of the crime. And I said, the guy that did the thing said there was more sympathetic storylines for Nielsen's dog than there were for the victims, that there was this kind of air of, well, you know, if you're going to be running away from home and having sex with men and you are a man, then you kind of, what do you expect kind of situation? And it was really quite difficult for families because of the way that people were treated and the way that the people that came forward to be witnesses, because there's only one or two witnesses and they were treated appallingly, but also people reported that Nielsen had tried to kill them and then Nielsen had kind of managed to talk them out of it and say, oh, no, no, it was just a lover's tiff, like, don't worry about it, it's fine. And he'd literally, like, they'd woken up with him strangling them kind of situation. So there was, like, loads of chances to stop him and they just didn't. And, or there was the kind of assumption that because the victims were gay, they were kind of, that was part and part of, of a risky, quote-unquote, risky lifestyle. So just really kind of harrowing about how all these young boys and men that come away from these small towns to come to London to get some kind of acceptance and just ran into the wrong person. And they were going to the police station and say, this guy tried to kill me. And this guy was going, oh, no, fine, don't worry about it. And then, you know, realising that somebody had tried to murder them and the police weren't really that interested. It's mm. tough. It's really tough. And it's mm. tough. To, and, and just hearing the attitudes towards gay people, even as... Now, as, yeah. As, yeah, even as like as far back as as as, as recently as the eighties and nineties, you know, and there was mm. clips of Margaret Thatcher talking about um, Section Twenty Eight. I mean, my I spoke to my wife about Margaret Thatcher. She doesn't understand how much she's a hateable little bitch. Oh God, yeah. Testable little little bitch. Um, and, like, and just like say, like you know, it was all, all you know. Section Twenty Eight was about not being able to talk about being gay in a positive way in, in education and schools. So, like, she was saying things like, you know, we can't be teaching kids that they have an inalienable right to be gay. 
And that's like a straightforward quote, like that's not me changing it. But just just a real, if you want to watch a really sensitive, well-made, non-sensationalist documentary, because I think a lot of the time, a lot of true crime documentaries kind of romanticise or sensationalise the acts of the killers. But in this one, like Dennis, the, the, the actions of Nielsen are just like very much straightforward. Like they're not glamorised, they're not romanticised. I think and that's where a lot of true crime content picks up criticism is because people think that they glorify the crimes and this one really doesn't it's like you know this is a this is a pathetic man living a pathetic life taking young boys home and then chopping them up and putting them down the down the drain so yeah just a really interesting narrative just the way that the media talks about everything things like that is worth the watch and the other one that i watched was uh, on netflix and it's called the puppet master Puppet Master. This is something I've been keeping an eye on. So it's about this con man who posed as MI5 and basically kidnapped a lot of the people that he, some of his university friends, for up to 10 years by telling them that they were part of an undercover investigation against the IRA. Mm. And one of the women on there had been in his like custody I suppose for years 10 years and basically they arrested him and they put him in jail for life and then he got let off because he'd used coercive control tactics to keep them with him so he told them like he'd not used any physical violence or threats or kind of restraint it was all psychological restraint and because coercive control wasn't a crime when these things happened he was put into jail for life and then just got let out yeah. one day I was like right yeah no we yeah the law says that kidnap has to involve restraint and psychological restraint isn't a crime yet so we're gonna have to let you out I'm afraid and they just let him out one day and then he went and met this woman whose children were part of the documentary and they still don't know where their mother is so just really, really good, interesting documentary about the kind of con man mindset and this guy who's still free, freely out there, freely just doing what he wants to do with people and taking over people's lives. It's very interesting, well worth a look. So that's me. Um, I, I've just, just another slight pick if you're not watching The Masked Singer on a Saturday night. I think maybe okay. So explain to me why this is such a good show. Because to me, the only exciting thing that this show seems to do is at the end when you find out who it is. This this show. I know you like trashy shows, but can you explain to me why everyone thinks okay. it's a great show, please? Mass Singer is just you know people doing things in fancy dress is always ten times funnier than when they do it not in fancy dress, right? Right. And then also the kind of clues that they put out for people. So it combines being a detective, like, and trying to pick out, you know, doing all your little bits of research, trying to spot the clues and all that stuff with, like, just really fun Saturday night entertainment. And it's, it's, it's completely harmless, like, and it doesn't, it's not mentally taxing in the slightest. Yeah. So there's, like, entertaining stuff happening. There's, um like, um, you know, 
performances, which are hilarious because it's not just the mass singer that's in fancy dress. Like, so for example, one of the characters is called Robo Bunny, and it's basically like a robot. It's like it's a bunny controlling a robot, like in um, Pacific Rim. Mm. But it's a rabbit, and everybody that's on. And last night, the rabbit had a carrot as a piano player, and it was absolutely mm. hilarious. So it's just stupid. It's just willfully stupid, but also like there's a bit of mystery involved as well. And the celebrities are always better celebrities than you would expect them to be. Mm. So last night, I don't think it's going to be any spoilers because it's going to be all over the newspaper. Uh, the Saturday night one was Jamie Winston and Michael Owen were the two celebrities. So not, they're not like people from The Only Way is Essex. They're like actual proper actors and actresses and sports people. Mm. So it's, it's just fun. It's just fun. Like, And I know it's a bit of a handbrake turn to go from two quite serious full-on true crime documentaries to The Masked Singer, but that's who I am as a person. So, so I'm just going to say for this week's episode, Helen goes from 60, from 100 to zero in about 15 seconds. Yeah, that's what I do, though. That's me. That, that I mean, if nothing encapsulates me more as a person, it's loving true crime and trust Helen. But it's it's just it's just fun. Every one day they can combine the two. I murdered them. Which one is the murderer? Which one? Yeah, exactly. Is? The mass murderer. He's at the screw, ripped the screw's head off with their teeth in the park. Was it so A? One of the um, somebody that was a kidnapping victim in America was on the mass dancer in America, mm. and I'm trying to remember which one it is. But it was one of the kind of people that, you know, the the Kimmy Schmidt, the crime that the Kimmy Schmidt show was based on. One of the victims of that was on The Masked Dancer in America. Mm. And I'm trying for the life of me to remember who it was. I'm actually going to go through my phone and have a quick look. Uh, what's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Anyway, yeah, so that's where true crime and um elizabeth smart that's it so elizabeth smart was a kidnapping victim in america Mm. so that's where true crime and the mass singer combine so she was kidnapped in utah Mm. for nine months and she was on the mass dancer So there you have it. Okay. okay. That's me. Right. So Mrs. Tara, right? Tara Curry, would you like to tell us about Yeah, I'm sure somehow. I, I'm just going to, I think I know what you're going to talk about. What? What am I going to talk about? It's Korean. It's got zombies in. It's in the top 10 of Netflix. It's apparently the next Squid Game. Would you like to talk about it? I thought that we should actually wait for for talk about it first. Okay, we can wait a couple of weeks. That's fine. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Okay. So, but actually, today I'm going to talk about another show. It's called Altered Carbon, and you know what it's famous for? Which one? What was the name of that again? Altered Carbon. Altered Carbon on Netflix. Yes. Yes, right. and it's full of naked people. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> okay, so let me just go through. So Altered Carbon actually begins with a... Um, okay, so actually the series starts 360 years into the future, which is actually like, um, I think it's the Bay Area, San Francisco. So this is actually where people's soul 
in the term of like hard disk or memory can actually be transferred into another body. So uh, they call it DHF, digital human freight, and record it onto a disc-shaped device called a cordial stack, and it can just stick into the back of any body. So if you want to change the way you look, you're not happy with your height, your whatever, or you want to change your race or anything, you can all means like go ahead. Yeah. So uh, actually, yeah, so that is what this is all about. And it starts with a buff Asian man. You guys are supposed to laugh. Yeah. No, I'm just listening because I'm, I'm waiting to hear about the buff <laughs> Asian man. You know that buff Asian man is happening with you, Tara. It's great. So it's kind of like an everyday conversation topic for us, pretty much. So. Okay, okay, yeah. Go for so it. It's actually, it starts with a buff Asian Japanese man called Takeshi Koex. We're going to call and, this podcast Buff Guy Syndrome soon. We're going to have to and, change the name. Anyway, go for it. But his actor is actually a Korean-American called Will Yun Lee. Yeah. So, uh, mm -hmm. type I like, buff, handsome face. Yeah. Even though it's uh, 40 year old Ajushi, but never mind. It's okay. So, um, yeah. So, actually, uh, for Coex, he was part of a mercenary like really long time ago, but he got killed and his dad was actually transferred into a white man. Yeah. A tall Scandinavian Swedish blonde guy. And the actor is Joe Kinnaman. So typical tall Scandinavian Swedish blonde guy. Yeah. So this Asian dude wakes up in a Scandinavian dude's body and he gets shocked. Shocked like nobody's business because he's not used to being a white guy. He's used to being an Asian guy. He prefers Asian suits or sleeves, what they call the bodies. Yeah, he, he prefers Asian sleeves. So in this scene, actually, I just want to highlight that, you know, when he wakes up in the Scandinavian, the blonde guy's sleeve, He's naked and in a panic frenzy. And it's actually one part where you can legit like kind of see his dick on the screen, but a very small part of it. Yeah, I paused. So, mm. so okay, that's what the story is. So he's actually, so let's call him Coax. Okay, so Coax is just, uh, an Asian guy stuck in a white guy's body, like, you know, going around and trying to run an errand for a tuck called Bancroft. And he's also looking for his sister, Raylin. Yeah, Raylin Kawahara. Right. And uh, he somehow gets entangled with an um, Mexican-American called call, uh, Christine Ortega, who's actually the lover of the Swedish guy. But the Swedish guy has his soul taken away already. So, yeah. So, I don't know how to explain. It's just complicated. Asian guy stuck in a Swedish guy's body and meets the Swedish guy's lover, a Mexican girl. Okay. And so uh, that's what this show is all about. It's like pretty cyberpunk. And uh, yeah, people keep transferring bodies. People keep repairing their sleeves when, you know, your body parts when it's broken or anything. You can just like repair it. If you lost your arm, you can get a replacement that looks like a real human arm. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, and there's a lot of nudity in this show. I just want to highlight. This is the reason why my male colleagues refuse to watch it, because there's a lot of naked men in the show, which I'm um, happy about it. Yes. And okay, so after that, um, yeah, so that's what the show's mainly all about. So what Corex actually does, he's still a mercenary. He's trying to find his long lost love, which is a black woman. And um, you know what? The good thing about this show is that it's so diverse, so multiracial, all the cast and everything all together. So that's why I really, one of the things I really like about the show. And uh, yeah, and in the end, he finds out his sister, Raylene, is evil and manipulating him. And the story ends where season one, there's no clear ending. 
I think the sister dies in an explosion, and so does the tuck Bancroft dies in an explosion. And yeah, in season two, he wakes up in a different body. This time, it's a black guy's body. Yeah, and I didn't finish season two yet, but um, he goes around, you know, pretty much doing the same thing, solving cases, fighting crime. Yeah. Mm. So, so how's the second season? Because I know there's a second season. I haven't exactly watched it yet, but this time Kovacs is in a different body, I think. Apparently the sister is still alive in a different body. Yeah. yeah. And she can't detect where she is. And uh, yeah, he pretty much goes about doing the same thing. Mm. But um, I think season one was better, to be honest. There was more plot in season one. Mm. Sounds like fun, though. Has it been cancelled though? Because season two was a while back, right? There's been no season three com- confirmed. I, right? I don't think there's any season three confirmed though. They haven't announced any renewal or anything on Netflix. But I would love to see him come back in his original body, the, the Korean actor, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not surprised that you've picked this show to be fair. I always knew one day Tara would bring this show up. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, right. And there's also an anime on it, apparently, but it's just a movie, one hour movie or something. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good, though. I like how everything is orchestrated in the show. That's good. If you're enjoying it, that's brilliant. I think you know why I'm enjoying it. Of course. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's a show that I've always wanted to watch, but I never got around to it. And I know I keep saying this when you guys bring up Netflix shows. But um, it's one of the it's 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 in my list, and I just need to get around to it at some point in my lifetime. You'll hear me bring it up again one day. Yep, yep, yep. Definitely. Yeah, the main reason why I watched the show because the the Asian male lead was my type. There's a lot of nudity, and I think the story is actually pretty cool. I like it more than the Matrix personally. I, I don't know why. If this was a franchise, I think you could actually replace the Matrix. Mm. Yeah. Okay. okay. It can't be worse than the Matrix, to be fair. That that series has um how do I say it? Um has gone off a cliff after the first film. Yeah, I never really dig the entire Matrix. I didn't even watch the sequel because the latest one, because I'm not really a fan of the entire Matrix. So. The first one was brilliant, and then after that, yeah. I don't. Know, I quite like the new one. It's very silly. Oh, if it's having fun with it, the the other two, the last two were very serious. Yeah. No, the new ones. It. It. Yeah. It's the humor's back in the latest one. I would say because it's not as pole faced as the two original sequels. That's good. It just needs to have a bit of fun with it. Yeah, no, they do have a lot of fun in the new one. It's it's willfully very silly. There's like literally people jumping off of buildings onto helicopters and things like that. Mm. It, it it remembers what it's about for sure. Okay. Um, speaking of things that remember what they're about for sure, uh, the new Scream film. I went to see that yesterday. It's really really good. Is it good? Because the first yeah, I mean it's not te- it's not technically telly, so I wasn't sure if I could talk about it. But yeah, we talk about movies. Let's go. Come. Um, no, no, no. It's fine. It's just it's 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 very very self referential without being smug. 
Mm. You know what I mean? Like it knows again, it knows what it's about. It knows what the films were about, and is um, yeah, it's 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 got a bit of a a bit of a kind of finger up at the Star Wars baby nerds as well. Mm. You've ruined my you've ruined my childhood because there's a hero in this that doesn't look like me, and I don't like that kind of thing. Uh, it reminds me of four. Um, yeah. Four, because it was kind of. I'm. I'm just going to spoil it because it's the cousin of Sydney, who decided. Oh yeah, because I have to put up with you being this great person in the family. Sydney, this. Sydney, that. Was that Scream Four? Yeah. Yeah, I love. Yeah. I, I, I. The Scream franchise has done really well, and not. I know on this podcast before we we quickly talk about horror, and we're getting to this one day when we do the Scooby Scare Squad soon, in a couple of months. But um, the thing about horror franchises is sometimes they go long in the tooth. Scream is one of the few that I can think of that's done, that doesn't spam them out every year or multiples. It's managed to... I haven't watched the Netflix show yet. I'm going to most probably go around to that soon. It's good. But yeah, Scream, I think the thing with the Scream franchise is that they don't overdo it. Like they want it, if they're going to do a sequel, they want there to be a reason for it and they want it to be good. Yes. Which I really appreciate them for. Like there's a lot of integrity in that where they could have been churning them out every year like stab films. Mm-hmm. They haven't, they've resisted that urge and they've really gone for quality and a reason to do it. And yeah, and, and they talk about that in the film as well, like, you know, a recall, which is like not quite a remake, not quite a sequel, like that kind of thing. Mm. There's They talk about recall rules and yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I watched the first Chucky film, Child's Play, actually, um, uh, this weekend. Well, a couple of days ago, actually. And um, yeah, it was good. I was surprised at how... I do love the whole first bit of the film where we don't see Chucky moving and then she goes to put him in the fire. And then we see Chucky calling her a whore and stuff and I started laughing at that bit. But like, really good. I have my first Chucky film. So we're going to go through some Chucky films now. Um, awesome. I do, yeah, Chucky's really good. I like Chucky. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Classics are brilliant. Oh, I'm going to watch Silence of the Lambs tonight as well. Oh, I love Silence Never of the Lambs. Before, so. I do like I do like the sequels as well. Like I do love Red Dragon and Hannibal too, just because they're so ridiculous. Yeah. But very good fun. But I, another little aside of just talking about films, I went to see um, uh, Last Night in Soho again on Thursday, but with a oh, Q&A from Edgar Wright and Christy Wilson-Cairns afterwards as well. Yeah. But that I mean, I'd seen it before, but it really held up on a rewatch. Mm. Little, yeah. little little tip for you there. If you've not seen that already, get it watched. I am uh, Edgar Wright. So far, all of his movies, he's not put a foot wrong. Like uh, he's done five films now. Yeah, five. Baby Driver. I think yes, uh, it's it's the... sure. Yeah, no. Ed, no well he was going to say there's a Cornetto trilogy plus about four, isn't there? So it's it's. And ha- last night in Soho. Yeah. No. All of his movies, and he's just a great director. He just picks good stuff. So I'm when it comes to streaming, when it comes onto one of the streaming platforms, I'm not paying to rent it. But when it's free on one of the streaming platforms I have right now or something, I go watch it. No, it's uh, worth it. I can't wait to watch that film. Actually, it's gonna be good. Uh, I just wanted to quickly talk about Fresh Meat. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Fresh Meat. Uh, I'm a big 
Peep Show fan, and um, because at the end of the day, Fresh Meat is um, written by the same people, um, but written by Jesse Armstrong and Sam Brine, who also yeah. created Peep Show. Um, it did five seasons. It's about uh, college kids living in a uh, abode, a college house. Uh, Freshers, um, except for Howard, who's from Glasgow. He's from Scotland. Or he's, I don't know if he's from Glasgow, um, but yeah, he's he's Scottish for sure. We have to put subtitles on when we watch it because my wife can't even understand him. He's got a very thick. That's them. No, do you know what? That accent's not even his his proper accent. Like that's it toned down. He does have a show in Scotland called Guy Tank Commander, where yeah. he's much more Scottish than that. We are. We wondered that if he had like chosen a more uh, subtle Scottish accent yeah. to be understood. Yeah, he has. Okay, um, so it's five seasons. It's a British comedy drama series, um, and people obviously compared it to Peep Show. I think. People begin to reevaluate that Fresh Meat is a classic now of British television um, because it got when it first came out. People were comparing it to Peep Show that was still out at the time. And I think mm. that was really unfair because it's just as good as Peep Show, if not better. Because it's five seasons, it doesn't stay its welcome. Like Peep Show near the end was beginning to get a bit. Um, you know, they got a girlfriend, one of them screws with the other girlfriend, they try and, you know, they screw each other over, it was very predictable at some point. Um, whereas this one, you know, I mean, so you've got six students. Um, what I love is this is um, where I first saw Zane Ashton, who plays oh, yeah. um, Vod, who's a very just out there punk rock chick. Who's just hilarious with her observations. I love her to bit. She's been in various things. Uh, she's she's great. Greg Mahu, who just pops up in the weirdest places. He plays Howard, the guy that isn't a freshman. They all move in. The other five move in in the first year. He's already there, I and mean, he's like you know dry cleaning uh, chickens with no with no trousers on with a hairdryer, which sets the mood straight away. Mm-hmm. Kimberly Nixon, who is Josie. Uh, I've not seen her in much afterwards. She's one of the six that I've never really seen in other things. She kind of just didn't really pop up in anything afterwards. She plays Josie, who I kind of have a. Because they do the whole thing with uh, Kingsley, who is uh, Joe Thomas. It's like the whole Rachel Ross thing. Will they yeah. want me? They do, they don't for five years. It just. The problem with that is you end up those characters tend to be the most annoying characters for a show's run. If they keep breaking up and getting back together, people get very tired of it really quickly. Um, yeah. So Joe Thomas playing Simon for in between this because that's all he can do. Much like Simon Bird, he can only play one character. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not being rude, but he plays it well. But it's very much Simon. It's like you could do a sequel. It is a bit. It is a bit. Simon from the Inbetweeners goes to university, isn't it? But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It just is what it is. But Simon Bird's the same. He just plays Will from Inbetweeners in Friday Night Dinner, and I think it's very untalented to play the same character again and again. They're funny, but it's kind of. Whereas you see the other two, the guy who plays Neil and um, has been so diverse. I can't remember his name, but you know who I'm talking about. Neil. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, Charlotte Ritchie. 
uh, Oregon, 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 yeah, Oregon, yeah. She's like obviously this is where I first saw Charlotte Ritchie before she took over the world, British television. This is a, like her first major role. Before I think I've spoken about every other show she's done from Ghosts down to Pixels down to Dead Pixels down to Feel Good, God. yeah, Call the Midwife, S- Siblings. She was in bloody. I think she was in Cuckoo. No, she wasn't Cuckoo. Someone else. (laughs) But Charlotte Ritchie is just nuts. She she just appears in everything. She's a great actress. Ghosts. Yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah, that's getting a full season this year. I'm really excited about that. No, Charlotte Ritchie's good. I like Charlotte Ritchie. She doesn't get as much shine as the other people here. This is Jack Whitehall, who I've always got time for. Who's JP? Pass. Huh? I'm not a fan, but what do you not like about Jack Whitehall? Because I think him is I think he's hilarious. I I just think, yeah. I mean, and that might be the working class chip on my shoulder, but I just get the feeling that if he had a different background, he wouldn't be as successful as he is. Because he kind of stood out with like the Jimmy Carr posh boy comedian thing, didn't he? Yeah, he's all part of that kind of, you know kind of real set that got where they are because of their family's connections. I mean, I might be entirely wrong, but yeah, don't come after me, Jack Whitehall. But there's plenty more, I think there's plenty more talented people out there who don't have the same advantages. Okay. I wish he would stop bringing his father on television now because his dad is, how do you say it, insufferable prick who moans about everything. Mm-hmm. It's that Carl Pilkington. I don't find it funny after a while because all they find is everything is shit outside of England. I don't think that's funny. I do love Jack Whitehall. I love his enthusiasm. But the thing about his dad is he ruins everything just by moaning about everything. It's just like, I don't see the point of that stupid show, Travels with My Father. I would like to see his father burnt at the stake, actually. Um, so, um, do you feel, besides Jack Whitehall, can you find yourself enjoying this show? Oh yeah, I love I love Fresh Mate. My only I've got a bit of a personal reason why I was a bit annoyed with Fresh Mate because I kind of wanted to write something and then had this plan for a a sitcom, and I realized that nobody's written a sitcom in the halls of residence before. So I picked the characters, I wrote them all up. I had like really I had a, the episode arc for the first six episodes. I wrote the pilot, and I was like, oh maybe this can go somewhere, and then um. Fresh meat was announced. And I was like, all right, that needs to go in the bin then. Mm. And it was a bit like, oh, for God's sake. Like, I'd finally had my big idea of what I was going to write. I got writing it, and it was like, well, I can't, you know. Sam Bain and Jesse Armstrong have written the sitcom set in the halls of residence, and I've got absolutely no hope of getting this anywhere. And that was it. Yeah, I mean, but like, it does kind of feel like um, there wasn't much. This. This was in the 2010s when, like, there was a lot of youth comedy all of a sudden appearing out of anywhere, and it manages to stay above a lot of the crap. Like, yeah, Jack Whitehall was doing bad education at the same time. There was uh, some girls on BBC Three, in between us, like all of a sudden everyone's looking like a 12 year old. Yeah, um, and some people don't like that. Some people were like, "Ah, oh, youth." I think it's a bit more in the middle now. In comedy terms, there's a more of a yeah. older and younger age range. 
now it's a better mix, but back then they definitely started stopping older people being in comedy, and it was all of a sudden outside of Peep Show, lots of young youth people doing comedy. Yeah. It was really in that direction for a while. What I love about Fresh Meat is that the British university experience is probably universal. Unless you like go to somewhere like Oxford or Cambridge and you have a lot of money, it's universally shit. Like it's just shit. Like there's there's it's not you, you're living in a shithole with people who are mental and I'm not talking mental as in mental health problems I'm talking people who are like compulsive liars or just odd and it's you have no money your accommodation is horrible you're living you know you're basically one star rating above prison when you're living in halls of residence and you know you compare that with the kind of American college dramas where it's all like massive campuses and like Ivy Leagues and sorority houses and toga parties and shit like that. And then that's what you get in America. But in the UK, it's like, yeah, you share a bathroom with 12 other people and six of those people believe that they're in witness protection. And, you know, or, you know, they were supposed to go somewhere else, but they're in witness protection or have had like six jobs before they came to university and they were fully qualified army medics, but like you're 18 and at the University of Wolverhampton. It's mm. like, I, I, I think that we all recognise it in Britain. Those of us who have been to university in Britain, we recognise the shitness of the British university experience. Mm. And I really enjoy it when we get a chance to laugh at that. Mm. I don't That's know what true. But um, well, the, the thing is, the characters all seem, I can relate to all the characters because Oregon's insecurity when I was young in college tried to fit in with everyone like so just tried to yeah. fit in and say things that weren't true um I didn't have a relationship with any of my teachers though um um I also like VOD I was carefree sometimes I evolved into VOD at some points mm. um Josie and Kingsley like you know on and off with someone that I liked in for and out college kept going back to the same person um I was never JP, but I was Howard, like, eccentric, like Howard, like would say things that come to my head, and just be me, comfortable with my own skin. JP is the one person I couldn't be. I was never that way with women or anything like he is with women. No, and I think there's an insecurity there that Jack Whitehall is quite good at portraying. You know that he's not just the rich kid. There is like a a depth to that that could have very easily become a one-note character and I think yeah that I've got to give that to Jack Whitehall as much as he kind of pushes my buttons yeah but I think yeah there when I think about when I was at university and who my friends were like one of my friends was a mature student who kind of had been traveling for a few years and done some a, a few different things like VOD and you know I'd had a year out so I kind of had some kitchen skills that other people didn't have and you know just felt always felt like a little bit above everyone and not in a kind of like oh my god I'm so superior but I did I, people were if you could cook in our halls of residence you were treated as some kind of deity you know and everybody else is eating like cup of soups and beans on toast and you can actually cook a meal that needs more than one pan like oh my god you're a god but um yeah the, the characters in that I think really do pick out all the different types of people that you meet in your first week, your first couple of months at university. Yeah. 
and then you know I, I did hear something once I can't remember who said it but it was like your first week at a British university you make lots of friends and then you spend the rest of your time avoiding the people that you made friends with in Freshers Week mm. and that's really true because you do find yourself friends with people who are a bit like oh my god mm. but yeah it's mm. I, I like I like Fresh Meat yeah, and um, there is Robert, Robert, uh, Robert, no, what's his name? Robert Plant? No, 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 no. Robert Webb. Yeah, um, he pops up as a really weird, don't like that, shouldn't put that in because it makes me think it's Jed. Um, Jed's from Peep Show. Mm-hmm. It? Um, but one day we will do a Peep Show special to Thank talk about the Because that show does need a conversation, I think. Just uh, But yeah, I mean, I think it did four seasons and I think it did not stay its welcome. Um, and it's where Gemma Chan, Gemma Chan was like, this is one of her first roles as well. And now look at her. This show launched a lot of careers, I think, because Gemma Chan was the one. Is she? She was, oh. she was um, Kingsley's girlfriend for a couple of episodes in season one. And then she started going everywhere. And I was like, oh, she was in the waters of time with Matt, D- David Tennant. In that, that that special in 2009, mm-hmm. which is Mars. Then she appeared in here and then loads of other things. And now she's in a Marvel movie twice and Captain Marvel and the Eternals. She's just, she's doing really well. She deserves it. She's a great actress. I like Gemma Chan. She's great in humans. Yeah, she's great in humans. We need to talk about that show one day. Um, oh, I would love to talk about humans. Maybe we could do a special once we've watched it all. Um, Basically, yeah, so go watch Fresh Meat. That's my pick today. I don't, sorry, I didn't have anything else, but it's been a busy couple of weeks with everything going on. So, yeah, that's, that's me. Hard. All right, then. Okay. So, this week is Troy. Oh, yeah, he's not here. I'm so he used to Yeah, remember? Yeah, like I said, Troy's um, doing things. Okay. You know, I'm not going to go any deeper than that because I'm trying to keep it PG this week. Um, um, uh, yeah, so that's it this week. It's um, a quick one. It's not going to be an hour and a half or an hour and 40. We have no emails. Um, Helen, if they want to email us, where can they find us? Uh, squareisin at gmail.com. So it's S-Y-N, I think. Let me just double check. Um, it should be that, yeah. Yeah, so it's square eyes, so S-Q-U-A-R-E-E-Y-E-S-S-Y-N at gmail.com. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, Tara, where, where can we find you? Okay, people. So as you know, I have a channel called Police Channel, and you can check it out down below. And I also have links to my TikTok account where, you know, you can see more Wonho and Monster Acts pretty much. And for anyone that doesn't know what Monster is, it's not an energy drink. It's yeah, a K-pop it's an energy band. drink. It's a K-pop band. Or Monster X. They've got the crazy man... dance skills. The Koreans are like kings of the dance video. Like, just in time. Yeah. It's nuts. Even my TD man friend thought Monster X was a protein. So and he Google searched a picture. Okay, the picture of the drink came out. And I'm like, no, it's the K-pop band, not the drink, not the protein. Which he calls protein, yo. Then he just started laughing. They're like, your own species, you don't know, ah. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I watch the K-pop videos because, like, the, the the music videos are worth watching. Loads of people just popping moves and stuff. I don't know if that's what they still call it. Popping, yeah. popping the move. 
pop in, just pop in, yeah. Pop in like in time, crazy darts moves that they obviously worked a really hard on. Yeah, so uh, this week uh, we have, we're next week's uh, House of Animation is going to be Sleeping Beauty. We talk mm-hmm. about why the prince there is such a rapey little sod and should, oh, should, uh, she should have had a rape alarm on her. <laughs> God, that film has not aged well. Mr. Handyman. Remember, Tara? Mr. Yeah. Handyman. Yes, Mr. Handyman. I don't know what safe space is. I don't know what personal boundaries are. Mr. Touchy Feely. Yeah, don't don't kiss people when they're asleep. Please. Yeah, no. gross, man. And you know what's the best part? I bet Sleeping Beauty has like really bad breath. Yeah. Well, she's not brushed her teeth for how many years? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that, that movie, we, we gave it a kick in and we only gave it, we only let the fairies in it. Because everybody else is a monster in that film. Yeah, um, there are no good people in that film. It's a problematic film. Even when I was a kid. Shite. Even when I was a kid, I found it problematic that she just fell in love with someone she just barely met. And I've always had a trouble with that. But we'll talk about it. Warning, it gets a really low score. We're normally quite positive on that podcast. But it's a kicking. We really kick it in the face hard. Hard, 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 hard. And the fairy godmother from Cinderella's got seems to be in it with the same face. Yeah, Disney. Mm. Right, they did so, recycle a lot of animation, didn't they? And animals, right? I uh, swear do you know out. what's my favorite character in Sleeping Beauty? The tree, a random tree in the forest. Because it's it's neutral and thus nothing. It stays out of stupidity. Yay. Hmm. That's uh, what we want. That's what we want. Right, so we're going to say bye now because, you know, we have to go. So it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me too. Next week, what the F is a smoke monster? Finally lost. It's time. <laughs>